Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. We're going to be talking about a Jesus encounter that I had with my Muslim armor bearer while in Jakarta, Indonesia. In addition, I'll be discussing some topics and questions submitted from people from my social media portals. But first, let's look at a scripture together that's going to tie into the God Encounters Today story I'm going to tell you. My scripture today comes from Matthew Chapter 4, verse 19, the words of Jesus. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Can you imagine that? Here are these guys, these ragtag guys. And they were fishermen in the natural. So what did Jesus do? Jesus used practical tools, even in vocabulary, to be able to relate to the people of his time. Guess what? He still does that today. And I want to share a God story with you about when I was ministering in Jakarta, Indonesia. Oh, my goodness. As I tell this story, you know what the wonderful things about testimony, testifying is you get to relive the encounter when you tell it to others. By the way, if it happens with me, it can happen with you. So hold on, buckle your seatbelt, because I'm going to tell you about a real live Jesus encounter. So are you ready? Here we go. So, I am there in Jakarta, Indonesia. I was given a Muslim bodyguard. There were thousands of people that were attending this conference. And I was there with some of my friends, Bill Johnson and Cheon and Heidi Baker. And literally, there was hungry people, just thousands of them that were gathered. And I was also getting to minister along with my friends. And I am, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and he says, I want you to minister on why I pray and take a stand for Israel. 
Well, believe me, I went to the Holy Spirit and I said, hey, listen, this is the largest uh, Muslim nation in the world and uh, wrong guy, wrong time, wrong place, wrong message. Uh, Maybe I was a little chicken. And so, but guess what? Have you ever argued with God? Guess who wins? So God came back to me and he said, I want you to speak on why I pray and take a stand for Israel. And so I go, Okay. Now, it wasn't a new subject to me. I mean, I've written books, you know, on these subjects and things of that nature. But now let's get back to Jakarta. My bodyguard was a well-trained professional bodyguard. They had to have that there because of all the traffic, all the people, the thousands of people and everything. So, and this man was a devout Muslim. It also meant that he also understood a few things about honor. Now, he had never been exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had never been in a church in his lifetime, believe me, let alone in one of these high-powered, God-encounter, supernatural-type culture conferences of today. And here I am. I'm introduced, and I'm now up on the platform And, of course, he understands the language because he is one of them. But I don't understand the language. So, of course, everything is being I'm speaking and it's being in English and it's being translated into the Indonesian language. And so I'm speaking on why I pray and take a stand for Israel. And, wow, it got really energized and actually it was really, guess what? The presence of the Holy Spirit bore witness to the truth of the word. So, I don't even know that this is happening. It was in an afternoon setting. The next morning, as I'm now going to speak on another subject, my Muslim bodyguard gets up in front of these thousands of people, and he takes the microphone, breaks protocol, And he says the following, and of course, it's now being translated to me. And he says, while prophet James Gall. Now, you understand, I don't use titles freely like that, but him in his honor culture, he did. And so I don't know if he knew what he was saying or not, but anyway, here's what happens. He gets up there and he says, when prophet James Gall. And then my friends are interpreting now over from Indonesian to English while I'm there on the front row. And he says, and while James Gall, Prophet James Gall, was speaking on why I pray and take a stand for Israel, I was given an open vision, and I am a Muslim. And then he proceeded to say how angels were revealed to him, and he saw angels invading, coming into the auditorium. Everybody applauds, and he sits down. And I'm going, wait a second, I never saw anything. I mean, and and like, I'm supposed to be a seer or something like that. And so it's like, huh, what's this all about? So then I get up and I give my next message. And while I'm giving my next message, he has another God encounter. I hear about this one, though, sooner. So I'm ministering. 
while I'm up there preaching my heart and my soul, and I'm laying it out there to the people, this man has another open visionary encounter, one that I had never heard of in my lifetime. And here's what happens. Hey, by the way, would you like to know what happened in Jakarta, Indonesia with a Muslim bodyguard? If you receive a prophet in the name of prophet, Jesus said you'll see a prophet's reward. Hmm. Moving on. I'm speaking. He's serving. He has an open vision. He sees Jesus, the Messiah. He sees Jesus with his disciples all around him. And in that moment, Jesus, the loving Savior, the Messiah of the Jewish people and the Gentiles, speaks to this man. Jesus, did you hear what I said? Jesus appears in an open vision with his disciples to my armor bearer serving me and says, do you want to know what Jesus said to this man? It'll wreck you. It did me, and it did this man. That day, before thousands of people, this man heard Jesus say, Would you be one of my disciples? Oh, my goodness. An open vision of Jesus with his disciples, and Jesus gives an invitation and says, Would you be one of my disciples? And right on the spot, this man, while I'm preaching, gives his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it wasn't just some fake routine deal. It wasn't just some religious act. No, it wasn't at all. In fact, a year later, I am back in Jakarta, Indonesia, ministering. And guess what I found out? Not only did this man come to faith, his whole family, family salvation, his whole family came to faith. They all got water baptized and became members of a spirit-filled church in Jakarta, Indonesia. Come on, Holy Spirit, if you can do that for him, surely you can reach our family members. If you, who are not a respecter of persons, can do this outrageous heart encounter, a harvest encounter, a Jesus encounter then would you do it for others in our cities, in our nations, in our neighborhoods? Would you, the Lord of the harvest, come speak once again as you did, as we read in Matthew 4? And he spoke to the fishermen and he said, today you, will no longer fish for fish. You will be changed 
and I will make you into a fisher of men if you will follow me. Hey, how many of you out there would like to have a Jesus encounter? How many of you would like to have one in your family? How many of you would like to see it in your neighborhood or in your sphere of influence and one of the seven spheres of influence that God has placed you in? By the way, you might be a mother at home right now. You might have three little kids in your home, and you might be wondering, when do I get to have a Jesus encounter? When do I get to have time with God? And I want to speak a word, a little word to you that might mean the world to you. God sees, God hears, And God knows the sacrifice of serving your family that you are doing. Because if God could see an armor bearer serving a foreigner, and he receives a reward, because if you give a cup of water as a disciple, you'll receive a disciple's reward. And I declare over you, Good news is coming. I declare over you, your tears that you are weeping right now are going to soften the heart of family members, and there will be Jesus encounters in your life and family, too. Because guess what? If God is not a respecter of people in that sense that he has to earn something, Because that man didn't, but he did respond. The same thing can happen for you and for your household and for all of your friends and your neighborhood. Because guess what? God has the harvest on his mind. Well, this is James Gall. I hope you have been encouraged today by this God story of a God encounter today. So there's been some questions that have come in through social media, and I'm just going to take a stab. I'm going to take a look. We're going to go on a adventure together to look at a couple of these questions. Well, here's one that's been given to me. Do you have any insight into the end-time prophetic movement. Oh, my goodness. What a huge subject and what a great subject. So do I have any insights on the end-time prophetic movement? Well, let me just maybe reshape the question just a little bit, and let's maybe call it, say it this way. Do I have any perspective, insight, or revelation concerning the end-time harvest of God, the end-time evangelism, the end-time, the scriptures being fulfilled of, I will pour forth my spirit upon all flesh, and the great harvest that precedes the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, I have some insight. 
remember, we see in part, we know in part, and we prophesy in part. So what I'm going to do is give you a couple of additional pieces to the puzzle. And perhaps as I bring these to the plate, they might interlock with some of the revelation that you have. And especially that is for each of us by a word encounter through the Bible. So I'm going to tell you something from years ago. One of my prophetic mentors, a seer prophet, his name was Bob Jones, and he's been now with the Lord for a little while, for a few years. And I had the honor and the privilege in the 1980s and 1990s and and then after to spend literally many, many, many hours. I said I was his right-hand sidekick there for a period of time. I would be able to uh, pray with people with Bob and interpret Bob at times, and and Bob helped give um, uh, some lessons to me on things to do and not to do. So anyway, so this is now a Bob Jones story, prophetic insight concerning the end times. I remember when Bob Jones was asked the question about when is the great harvest. Now, I didn't say the last harvest, but I did say Bob Jones was asked the question, when will the great harvest, a billion soul harvest, particularly of youth, what will be the signs of when these things are fulfilled that that great harvest will begin? Well, here's the way I remember the story. Bob publicly at a gathering, said the following. Well, yep, there's going to be three things that are going to happen. One, an abortion pill will be perfected, and it'll be a sign of the end times. Now, we didn't know if Bob even understood what it was that he was saying, because this was a long time ago in the 1980s, folks, when he gives this word about Abortion will be perfected by a pill. So this isn't something that was stated in 2018. This was something that was stated in the 1980s before such a thing even existed. But Bob said there were three signs that the Lord showed him that would happen, that would be signs, signpost of when, end times, and the great moves of the Holy Spirit would be initiated. One, that abortion would be perfected by a pill. Now, we know that that has happened, and that has been, that evil has been unleashed from France, and then from France to the nations of the world now for a long time, well over a decade plus. A second thing that he was told was that in the United States, same-sex marriage would be legalized. Now, you're saying to me, you know, hey, James, I thought you were going to tell us some good news about the end-time harvest. Listen, end times are when the wheat and the tares grow together. Read the Gospels. It's what Jesus said. Jesus said, the wheat will come to harvest but the tares will grow, and he said not to leave the tares in that sense alone because they're going to be a part of, because a harvest is a ripening of both evil and good. So 
Keep that in mind. Now let me finish the story. Do you have any insights concerning the end-time prophetic movement? One, Bob Jones told us that abortion would be perfected by appeal. He told us that in the early 1980s. A second thing he said that there would be a time when abortion, excuse me, when same-sex marriage would be legalized in the United States. He said it would be a sin and it would be an atrocity, but he saw in the future that this would happen. That has occurred. A third thing, though, that Bob said that's where then you can get excited is this. Bob said, well, I was shown that in the rice paddies of China, the laborers, the workers in the rice fields would be watching 24-7, 365 worship on unplugged television sets on their wrist. He told that to us in the 1980s. Now, first of all, he says it's going to happen in China, and China has not been an open nation to the gospel. And he said it was going to happen amongst the poor in the rice fields. But listen to the terminology. He said there would be 24-7, 365 worship and prayer. Do you realize that that is actually a new phenomenon? that is happening in the body of Christ around the world today in many centers. 20 years ago, there was only two or three centers in the earth in the entire body of Christ that had 24-7, 365 worship and prayer. Today, in a 20-year period of time, it is estimated that there is at least over 10,000 such centers in North America alone. Well, that's a part of that 24-7, 365 worship and prayer. But listen to these words that Bob was told. Because, you see, we see in part, we know in part, but our, we're shown things ahead of time, and then we have to use our own vocabulary at the time to try to describe something that hasn't yet come into being. And so what Bob said was this. They'd be watching uh, 24-7, 365 worship and prayer on unplugged television sets on their wrist. Oh my goodness, praise the Lord, because guess what? That's called a smartwatch. I'm wearing one right now, by the way, while I tell you that God encounters are for everyone. God encounters are going to be and are for the poor and China. God encounters are for people who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, who live in closed nations, like in Southeast Asia. God encounters are for a city that I recently prophesied over, and the Lord gave me the name of it, something like Vladislavstok in Russia, and I saw an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a fire falling on that city. And guess what? It's happening. I've even met some of the leaders from there. It's happening, folks, because this is end-time prophetic movement I'm talking about. So, three things Bob was shown. He was shown that abortion would be perfected by a pill, that sin and atrocity has been released, that homosexuality would reach such a place of acceptance that Folks, I don't like saying these things, okay? 
but that common gender marriages, people of the same gender would legally have the right to be married. The third thing, though, he said was, there is going to be a technological advance that is going to be available to the poor, and it's going to be available in technology to people who are around the world. And even in China and amongst the poor in the rice paddies, they will have these watches, these unplugged television sets on their wrists, and they will enter into worship and praise and prayer and intercession unto the Lord of the harvest. So, I believe, yeah, it isn't just that I have some insight on some signs of the end-time prophetic movement. It's that these signs are for us. Because when you have a God encounter, it's not supposed to stay just with you. Because when you testify it about it, it creates the culture where that gets multiplied. Hey, I hope that you have really appreciated and enjoyed today's podcast on You Can Have a Jesus Encounter. Because guess what? Our Jesus, the lover of our soul, our older brother, our friend, our Lord, our Savior, our Messiah, is a friend of sinners. And God loves you with an everlasting love. He really does. So I'm asking, Father, that this broadcast, this little talk will be used to release courage, inspiration, and insight, and a spirit of revelation that your heart will beat with those things that God's heart beats with. Because Jesus wants to encounter you. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.